0: Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. I have not said that in a wee while. Um, Chris here. I hope you're doing well and staying safe. I still say that quite a lot. Um, And we're back with a podcast because a lot of stuff has happened over the last couple of months. We haven't had any women's football uh, and we thought it'd be good to just kind of cover a few topics. And to do that, I, of course, cannot be by myself, but I'm very happy to have my good friend, Campbell seen with me. Campbell, how are you doing?
1: Aye, I'm glad, mate, just still trying to work out what to buy you for your Christmas after deciding to get me a present at the last minute that I had no clue about and I ended up giving you nothing. But other than that, aye, I'm just just existing as we all are at the minute, aren't we? Life is great. <laughs> Life
0: is great. Uh, I like how you've now tried to call me out in the podcast, you get me to answer that question and uh, I'm still not going to, we're just going to move on. Um, but yeah, uh, a few things have happened in the world of women's football since we last had the podcast. I mean, the the last game of football to happen, uh, women's football to happen in in Scotland since then was on the 20th of December, Glasgow Women against St Johnston Campbell, um, which we were both at, uh, which was, do you know, a good decision I think on both our parts now, given how long it's been. But obviously today, the the announcement that football has been pushed back again for all leagues outside of the Premiership and Championship to at least the 1st of March.
1: It's a bit of a scurrh, you e. Campbell. Aye. It's kinda of been your weekends where we were lucky enough to be getting out to games on a Saturday and Sunday in my case, and obviously yourself. On a Sunday today and having nothing is kinda of been a few I mean, a few months ago I'd have been missing it more, but I think the fact that it's got to stays now where we're we're kind of, used to it. So I just sure a bit confused. I'm not really sure what's happening or where we're going or where our next game's coming for, but it was certainly a good decision to, to get to um, whatever that game was played. was it called? New <laughs> <We> Toronto. <laughs> it's it been Christmas that long.
0: It's been that long. We're actually forgetting where games get played now. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's uh, I mean,
1: yeah, that was good fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody listen to this will we'll know the situation with football in Scotland just now, but if you don't, um, everything underneath the... Premiership and Championship in the men's game has been off. So that is League One, League Two, all the non-leagues. And in the women's game, everything has been off pretty much. Well, in women's football context, since that game on the 23rd of December, um, there's been kind of like incremental updates every kind of couple of weeks. But the most recent one has happened today. Today being Tuesday, the 9th of February. I'm going to fire this out almost as soon as it's done. Um, basically saying that football's postponed for the next three weeks. And it's uh, I think it's brought a lot of debate, Campbell. Um, we'll obviously... And hone in on women's football, um, because there'll be a lot of people talking about this as a broader sense, and sometimes people don't consider women's football enough when they have those broader conversations. Um, but I, I think the thing that, that's puzzled me, is puzzled the right word? Yeah, puzzled, puzzled me has been the the willingness that there are women's sides that are happy to be tested in the same regimen as the teams that are continuing to play, but they are still not being allowed to, and I know that's the same with League One and League Two at the moment, and it. It, feels it doesn't feel right that there doesn't seem to be the consistency of approach. And I've been, I can't quite understand why it's, why it's happened. I think, Campbell, I think we probably both agree that we know the women's game is not in as a financial place that the men's game is. But there's things like the the money that was meant to come from the World Cup to kind of help people through that. There's the money from FIFA that has have been helping clubs get through this. There was an article, I know Burnham Your Thistle have been put out a tweet about what's been going on in the Mexican Feminine League in terms of they've been able to continue with their season because they've had the support from the SFA, not the SFA, from the Mexican FA. That, that would be mad, SFA supporting Mexican women's football. <laughs> um, but I don't know about you, I just feel if, if, cl- if there are clubs that are competing in the Premiership and Championship and there are teams in the SWPL1, SWPL2 or the other leagues that we're not going to not to mention at this point and they are going to follow the same testing regimen. It would seem the fair thing to do would be that all those clubs can play as long as they are following the same guidance that is struck out across the game.
1: Hmm. I think the problem is with a lot of teams, though, as you've seen finance, but it comes down to and obviously the likes of likes of Glasgow City, obviously, are, they're at that high level. They've got more money. And um, then the professional, if you want to give them that title as well, they they can go on. And obviously, in terms of their players, it's of it's if they can get out as I saying the club would want to let them out and get them back training keep, sort of, keep them ticking over and what have you but then it becomes a case of is that giving them an advantage over other teams that aren't playing I can see the point that it's coming from but if teams can afford it and then want to then I don't see why they can't let them go on but then it, it does come back obviously the fact that they're not being tested you've then got players travelling all over the country and perhaps either catch the virus themselves or pass it on to other folk then it's I do can kind of understand where they're coming from. So as much as it's tough that players are maybe not getting to play, you can you can understand why decisions been taken.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's one of these debates where you will never find a, a right answer to it. I think I think that's just the nature of the situation that we're all living in at the moment. But I mean, there are kind of some irregularities in it i mean one of the things it's obviously which we'll touch on because we'll talk about the the national side uh in a bit is obviously that there's been swpl players training inside a an orion bubble as part of the preparations for the the two games coming up at, uh, towards the end of this month um so it feels like well if th- those players can train why why can't other players that are not part of that bubble train if they are Going to be subjected to, and again, I think this is a big thing for me, and I think I think we've touched on this before, and I, I've talked about it about other other levels of football is that the, the testing. And I think you've made made the point there as well. The testing has to be consistent and it has to be the same from the top of the game to the bottom of the game. So if you're all doing that same level of testing at the very top as it is for the championship, then I, I don't see why the games can't get played. But I think. I think that's that's definitely one thing that's been in my head is that this this Orion bubble and the fact SWPL players will be involved in it and they are involved in the Scott Squad, a good a good number of them. And I suppose the other thing that kind of cropped into my head just before we started recording, Campbell, um, is by God, how disjointed has this last year in women's football been? If you think back <laughs> if you think back to We had, like, the storms round about this time last year when the season was meant to start. And let's remember the season was starting with lots of optimism because of lots of things that had happened. And then we've obviously had the the coronavirus outbreak. We've had... It looked like it came back and we've got the second outbreak. It's just... It's... It must be really tough being a player. Like, I know we've both talked about... It's been pretty tough being a fan and being involved in the game, not being able to be part of it, but... Players must like. I feel for players who have maybe had things taken away from them and given back and then taken away again. It must be, it must be a tough slog at the moment.
1: Aye, definitely. I know. Just saying, it's for folk watching it and that day you miss out on it, but they understand. Just saying, for players that have got back and then, have have played a few games and then got to Christmas. I Think we we'll have a few weeks off and then again it's just stopped. And then even further down to the, the championship level, you've had players that were training but were then told you can't play either. So it's it's got to be incredibly frustrating for the players especially that are, are missing it and doing the, playing the sport that they love. So it's tough. It certainly is tough. And as you say, obviously, we started way back last March, I think it was, or whenever we were, It's that long ago. Um, and the SWPL Cup, as it was, looked like it was going to be the revamped layout should be a good way to start the season. And then... We got some good games, but it was like standing in the middle of a hurricane trying to watch these games. It wasn't a, wasn't great weather conditions for it, I and mean, then obviously season started and then didn't start. And it's, it's it's kind of at that stage where you don't want to end it, but if that is the decision that eventually comes, you could see why and you probably wouldn't blame blame anyone for taking that way out. But it's, it's certainly not the way, but the, the way that the players want it to end. The when they of course want to get back out on the pitch as soon as they can.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think the good thing that we have that we have with, with Scottish women's football is unlike the like, flying by the seat of your pants nature of the men's game at the moment um, in terms of the decision-making process, there is contingencies in place for women's football. So we know that there has been an agreement made before the season started that they can take a game away from the season. So it becomes a, a home and away season as opposed to a, a play each other three times a season. Um, we also know that the SWPL Cup, which you've mentioned, um was put in as a provision at the end of the season if we were able to get football played. If we can't get it played, that can drop off as well. Um, I'd like to see that maybe take a form of a knockout tournament if we're in a position where we can get football kind of going to a decent level again. I think that would be a, a nice way to round out the season. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to see where, what happens next. I mean, I, I know that our people have been very keen to push, push the case for women's football, and, and rightly so, and I th- I agree with the, the the principles of the equality about the SWPL and the the Premiership should be viewed as if we're if we're pushing equality, then there should be a way that the SWPL plays at that that same level. But um, I, I also understand and I, I agree with the kind of the practicalities and the financial implications. And actually, yes, equality is there, but it needs to it needs to grow to push towards that. Um, it's 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 a hard one. Do you think we'll, we'll get back this this season, Campbell? What's what's your gut on it? I know I'm, I'm not asking you as Jason Leach, the Professor of Scotland, Clinical Director of Scotland and off the ball regular now. Um, but uh, and, and you're like, what's your gut just now? Do you think that we'll get SWPL games back?
1: Come to this afternoon, I'd probably said yes. But then, I mean, I, I, it's obviously different across all the levels. You're seeing the juniors and what have you as well on the men's side, but it's all kind of, there's a talk there that it might be ending and for me, I think the um, SWPL it could well be the same. I mean, it's getting to that stage where it, it gets later and later and then obviously in terms of women's game you're playing into the summer most seasons anyway. So, I mean, that, that could actually, it could work and we could just kind of revert back to a summer season. But, at the same time, I think maybe it's just getting a bit later. Obviously, we're now not getting a decision until the start of March and then after March if have then got another wee while possibly to wait. So, I mean, I think the longer it drags on, less the chance there is the season coming back. And obviously the fact we're we're not gonna right at the, the decision end of the season, if it was called now, it <laughs> becomes another big decision. Do you not avoid it? Do you restart it? Do you just award titles and things as they are? It's it's gonna be very, very confusing. So I think they want to play it, but the longer longer this goes on, it wouldn't surprise me to see it eventually just gonna call go to a halt. Yeah, I think I mean one of the things that was
0: talked about a lot um with people that I people obviously talk to talk to both of us about women's football quite a lot, and um, maybe don't know as much about it. And the we I think there was a little bit of this about how calmly the the wrapping up of the, the season that started this year, what well, was was not this year, oh my god, time time is going so fast the start of last year. Um uh that how kind of easily and nicely that was all wrapped up, and then we were going to start with this. Brand new league structure, and that's the other thing about it. We had this brand new structure, a new performance arm that was going to help develop players. And obviously, as you've alluded to already, like players below SWPL two haven't even haven't even played this year really because of well, they've played maybe one or two games, but they haven't even been part of the kind of coming back process. And it's just it's a worry. Um, I I think it will come back. Um, I think one of the, one of the things that one of the reasons why it was moved to summer. The a winter calendar was to get uh, a candidate ready for European football, and obviously we've got two places for the Champions League um, upcoming as well. So I think I think there will be a desire to get it back. I think it will be a truncated season. Um, that's that's my gut on it. I think the option to only play each other home and away once is once is good. And I think it also when you look at the league table, especially. Uh, from, especially in the SWPL. In SWPL too, obviously, Harperdeen have had a, a storm and start to the season and I'm sure clubs beneath them would prefer to fill the full season. But I think if we want to get a season done, I think that, that one home, one away is probably the direction to go in. But I'm hopeful we'll come back and I mean, uh, the funny, the thing for me, Campbell, is it's, it's funny that we moved away from a summer season to a winter season and, you know, it, it would not surprise me if we end up doing like a mini summer season to try and um, try and get the season done. But yeah, it's, uh, it's happened. Are you, do you feel like it's been getting enough kind of coverage outside of our wee women's football bubble? Or do you feel like it's maybe getting a little bit lost in the shuffle at the moment?
1: I think it's totally lost, to be perfectly honest with you, Chris. You've seen it Um, from when the first announced, so that below the men's championship was stopping. You've only really had the likes of, League, well, obviously, the teams in League One, your party Lissler's and etc., that had come down in recent years from the Championship, they were all getting mentioned saying we can afford the testing and what have you, and then it just kind of became well, everything from below League One. It stopped, so they kind of went the League One to the Low League, Highland League, and then you're East of Scotland, West of Scotland, and things that just kind of became and SWPL or and all the women's things. There was never really any coverage of that at all. So, other than there's top end teams of League One in the you've hardly heard anything 10 day below, and I think overall it's, it is quite unfair, of course, it is, and it's it's just a bit frustrating when you're trying to then you're trying to kind of you justify it, and it ends up being as if they're just sort of putting it as an afterthought. And it's not it's not how the game should be. We've had obviously we keep them back at the World Cup, but there was all that hope that there was going to be so much more growth in the women's game after that, and instead, obviously, I just no. I mean, no one could have predicted a worldwide pandemic, could they? But the fact that that's been, and then they're just sort of going, oh, and SWPL it, again. It just feels like it's sort of being pushed aside.
0: Yeah, it's um not not the best of times, but love hope I suppose is the best message at the moment. Um, love and hope. I uh, will um, tell you what, you talked about the national team there, so we have three topics we want to cover. We also want to cover the national team and transfers. So I think you've segued nicely to the national team. So we'll go to the national team and round it with some transfers because transfers are fun and it'll give us something nice to uh, in the in the pod with. Um. What's happened since the last time we recorded? Obviously, Shelly Kerr has stepped down as a uh, manager of the national side. Um, on the after the we're not really going to reel of that, but after the, the failure to qualify for the Euros, <laughs> um, I also did a, a piece for the website, uh, just kind of speaking about who might come in. So, yeah, before we get on to kind of the appointment and kind of what's happened in terms of the squad announcement and the upcoming fixtures, uh. What was, what was your thought in terms of somebody coming in? Campbell, were you looking for a permanent appointment coming in, knowing that these two games would be a bit of a, a free hit? Or are you kind of happy that we've got uh, an interim in place just now? Um,
1: <laughs> it, was, it was a strange one, really, because you kind of... Everton had, you know, all enthusiasm had just kind of dropped after obviously the exit that we're not going to talk about, but it was that way of, right, we can kind of qualify here, the squad's getting older, who've we got to come through? Are we then going to go for a big appointment now and give them this chance to sort of work with our squad or are we just seeing this campaign through? So it was it was one where we weren't really sure what to expect and I think the longer we went without an appointment, you were thinking, right, maybe they're really taking the time to make the right appointment here and then, again, Continuing that theme, the enthusiasm again dropped, and then we ended up sort of just going all right, We're just bringing through someone here that's just gonna in, in our system already. It's an underwhelming appointment as I see you there before we before we started recording. It's I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, you're you're kind of thinking if it doesn't look like it's going to be the sort of ambitious long time, a long-term appointment that we would be expecting. So hopefully it'll be either the and improves us wrong or we do then go on and get someone that's going to be there for the long haul, but it does just going kind to of seem as if it was the point for the easy option, and that's not something you, you really want to see.
0: Yeah, so the, the decision made was that um, the, an interim appointment was made, um, Stuart McLaren, who is the men's under-16s um, head coach has come in for the next two games against Cyprus and Portugal, both of which are taking place in Cyprus because of the travel corridors in place, because of the global situation we're all living in. Um, global situation is my current buzz for, that, for what we're experiencing at the moment, but I'm sure that will change. Um, and yeah, I was underwhelmed, um, I think is a good word for it, Campbell, It just at a time where the women's game will need a shot in the arm, um, it, it didn't feel like a very topical scene shot in the arm um, at the time when the women's game he had a shot in the arm uh, it didn't feel like that was the shot it was going to get um, uh, obviously he's been within the Scottish, Scottish FA system which you know has its benefits but also doesn't look like he's had much experience in the game now he has remedied that I, I was on the press call yesterday um, with, with Stuart in terms of his kind of announcement for his first squad and Leanne Ross glasgow city captain uh, former international huge experienced uh, player and now going through our coaching badges is going to be part of the coaching side and i mean campbell that's that's definitely a good thing in terms of seeing that that presence on on the the coaching team um but when you when we look at the squad um 11 SWPL players are in it. We've already talked about the, the kind of bubble. Um, a lot of injuries. Kim Little's out. Kirsty Smith was out at the weekend for for Manchester United and I haven't seen much to say what's kind of picked up with her. Jen Beattie was, was out for us at the weekend, but she has been named in the squad. Um, Chloe Arthur's obviously not there either. I mean, th- there's names missing. Uh, call-ups for Lisa Robertson, Natalie Ross, and uh, Megan Cunningham as well. Um, it's a... It's a... These next two games are, I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen to Campbell, is is my assessment. What, what was your take on when you kind of saw the squad come out, first of all?
1: Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of big names missing, as we've and I think it's just the fact that we don't know the event to play for now. You can maybe get away with this, and there's a few names in there that are maybe not there all the time, so it's, it becomes quite experimental, but I mean, you look at it there and we've, we've not only really got a midfield, we've we then got a lot of attackers, we know they get in the ball. There's, I mean, Rachel Boyle's become a right-back for Scotland, despite playing more central for Hibbs. and then there is no other real full-back option on that side. So it's, it seems a bit disjointed for me, to be honest with you, Chris, but I think it's the fact, as we're saying, we don't know how the to play for now. They're, they're almost become, they've almost become glorified friendlies for us. It shouldn't make too much difference, but there's... Underwhelming again. Just seems to be the world that comes to it. I think when you look at the squad there, there's not really too much to get excited about. I think from from a fan's point of view, certainly, obviously for the players, they'll be they'll be happy to be there, represent their country again. But I think I mean, even at a national football itself taking place at all, I think it's just been stupid. Everyone they're all want to keep their countries COVID free, and then sending your your football players travelling all across the continent. It just seems a bit daft to me, to be perfectly honest. And. I think, but turn back to the squad, sorry, it's kind of, I it's just, it'll be interesting how they get on, but there's there's not really much left to play for and it could become just sort of like a training exercise almost.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you make an interesting point about internationals. I, I agree with you in, in that. Certainly games that don't need to happen shouldn't be happening. I think if the the desire broadly amongst the competing nations and the organisations who are behind tournaments such as the Euros, is that they want to get a European Championships on, then games need to happen. But, I mean, these games are... Yeah, they're not up to much. But I tell you what, before we talk about them a little bit more, let's... uh, I'm going to... throw it to um, Stuart McLaren, who I spoke to at the press conference um, this week, uh, just to kind of get his thoughts and obviously take it over the job. Um, the SWL players in the game and obviously you appointing Leanne Ross as well to the coaching staff. Um, so here's what you he had to say.
2: Obviously, it's an honour and a real privilege to be asked to take a senior national team. So I'm absolutely thrilled about that. I'm excited, obviously, to work with a squad that is, it's quite clearly, there's, there's some terrific talent in there. Uh, and the added bonus for me in a sort of selfish perspective is uh, I've obviously been off the pitch for a period of time due to the, the current circumstances, so delighted just to be out and, and doing what hopefully people feel I do best. First and foremost, she'll uh, give us a, a terrific insight. I know Leanne very well. Uh, now we first sort of cross paths when we took a group of uh, the Scotland Women's National Team players through the B licence a couple of years ago and I thought that she showed You know, terrific understanding of the game. She's somebody who I think is very assured and and will be forthright in her opinions, whether they're in agreement with mine or whether they conflict with mine. And that's exactly what you want from an assistant coach. Uh, and obviously she's got the, the added bonus from our perspective of having not too, uh, not too long ago walked in the shoes that the players are, are walking in. So she gives me a, a really good insight and, and she'll be invaluable uh, to myself and, and Stuart Glenn and, and Fraser Stewart as part of that coaching team. Yeah, look, in an ideal world, you would have players coming in with uh, a certain number of games over recent weeks and recent months. Uh, I can't obviously control that. Um, and it is challenging circumstances and times that we're working through at the moment. So you just have to adapt and, and do the best that you possibly can. What I'm confident in and what I have got a great deal of faith in is that all of the players have done as much as they possibly can uh, in preparations, you know, both physically and, and now the work that we're doing over these last two weeks uh, from a technical and, and slightly tactical perspective before we meet up with the full squad. Um, so they'll be in as good a shape as they possibly can be Given the circumstances that we're working in,
0: obviously the the way that the qualification hopes ended for the Euros wasn't wasn't ideal. Um, how how the squad been in terms of the players you've been interacting with, kind of picking themselves up from that after the defeat against Finland?
2: Yeah, look, you know, they, they can't hide that disappointment. You know, and no, none of us, although we understand to a certain degree that they are disappointed, none of us will actually feel what the players are feeling because we haven't done it ourselves. So you know, I think uh, that sense for me is, is, is you know is apparent. But like I said earlier on, they've all got that now that steely determination to um, to change things in the future. Uh, as I said, it starts with two positive performances and, and two positive results that we're going to go and try and achieve against Cyprus and Portugal, and then the the players will want to carry that, I'm sure, into the next campaign. So you know, I, I can sense just from the the dialogue that I've had with. Some individual players and that small collective group that's been in training last week, that there is that determination that they are uh, really keen to go and, you know, make amends, if that's the right phrase, uh, and change the change the feel around the squad and make sure that they do have, you know, similar successes to what we've seen in, in recent years. Yeah, you know, that's my, uh, my main driver as a coach. You know, you're there to try and help people and support people. Um, Unfortunately, time waits for no man. I would love to have still been a, a professional football player. That's, that's what you do. You love playing the game. The second best thing is being a coach and trying to support those who do play. So, you know, hopefully I can give the players, you know, all the support and the guidance and direction that they'll need to go and perform to their optimum. And, you know, selfishly, the add-on for, for me is, is obviously I'm working in a space that I haven't previously done in terms of a senior national team. Um, so hopefully there's some professional development in it for me, but that's as I say is, is purely a bonus. The the primary driver here is to make sure that we we give the players a chance to go and perform at their top level.
0: Campbell, I mean, I think for me the, the important thing is that we we want Stuart McLaren to succeed. I think we need to be pretty clear on that. But like, if he does, if he smashes Cyprus and Portugal then choo-choo, I'm all aboard that hype train. Um, but as you said before before we kind uh, of heard from Stuart there from the press conference, the thing that worries me is just like everything about this, it's just, it gives me the, the that kind of, you used a really good word before I played that interview and I've now totally forgotten it, but it gives me a little bit of the fear. It's like low-key games that don't have anything riding on them, a squad that has players that, let's be honest, maybe in, three, four years' time before looking ahead to the World Cup have uh, been called up that probably won't be in the mix. It's probably fair to say. There are players there that obviously certainly will be as well. Um, the games are kicking off at one o'clock on a Friday afternoon and ten past three on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, it's it's going to be like... I, I, I don't know about you, but like I'm struggling to get hype for these and that's my whole bit. <laughs> so how... How are people? How do you think we can? How do you think they were going to be able to get people hyped for these games when they're going to be quite difficult to see? They're going to be a little bit out of mind. They obviously don't have much riding on them. It's really important that this does not become a trend of slipping back into the shadows, especially given now the success of the men's team, which obviously we are totally on board with as well. Um, Yes, so we can boogie all that stuff. Uh, I have, yeah, I'm curious to see how this pans out over the next couple of weeks.
1: I, mean, I think firstly using Patel at that train stuff wouldn't help because that was stinking. <laughs> but um, in terms of the team, there's, as you say, it's games that are going ahead that, at kick-off times here that, I mean, a lot of folk will be working for home, what have you, but are they really going to watch a game that doesn't mean anything now, as we've said? It's, it's all just... You don't have any words to, um, to use it. It's just sort of the games are taking place, but there's, there's obviously the need to be to fulfil the fixtures but Cyprus are only going to qualify Portugal supposed to today it counts more but for us it's just two games again to get players game time that they probably don't need all the fixtures they're trying to fit in especially your, your WSL players down south who've had obviously the the county Cup as well so it's it ends up just being more and more games and in terms of the fans want to watch it how many people are sitting in their house on a Friday afternoon that are I mean if, if you're working obviously then you're not going to be sitting watching it. Or well, you can do, but you shouldn't be. Um, it's, it just really is sort of, there's nothing to get you excited about. And even, we'll try our best, obviously, as we always do, but it's, even from our point of view, there's there's nothing that's going to make you go, right, I'm going to make time to sit and watch that game. It's, you're just, we're just lacking that spark. And I don't think the appointment has helped with that. And as you're saying, all, a lot of the, the main players missing, it could just kind of, just kind of fade away and other than your sort of stuff you'll see ourselves try to keep keep you up to date with results and things there's there's not going to be too much really there to keep anyone excited at all I
0: think Yeah I mean I would hope I think probably the one thing that disappointed me about the squad was um, and again this is absolutely not I mean I think Lisa Robertson's had a, a really good uh, season SWPL obviously player of the month in November as well um, I mean is Megan Cunningham going to be a staple in the, regular, in the Scotland squad considering she's not even first race at Rangers at the moment I don't know I know that was a uh, something that was um, Stuart McLaren kind of about his goalkeeping coach about in terms of who's called up and then Natalie Ross probably won't be kind of in squads in the future so is this not a missed opportunity I mean I look at that and I don't know about you Campbell. but I think about players such as Amy Muir Jamie Lee Napier players that could potentially be Scotland's future and they're not in that squad now there may be reasons outside of picking the players for that. You've obviously mentioned the the WSL backlog uh, at the moment, especially uh, for, I think Chelsea in particular, have got a, or is it Arsenal? One of them we've got a rendition of fixtures coming up. Um, But it just, it needed something to give it a bit of pizzazz um, and it's maybe not got that, but Campbell, I I, I have full faith that the team can give us that pizzazz. I think that's that's what I'd say.
1: I don't think either is really sound convinced to be honest with you, but this there's, <laughs> there's that feeling that I mean these players we know the quality of a lot of them, and obviously plenty of them are playing uh, at a higher level, then in England and abroad, and then the Scottish based players there There's a real a lot of uh, Rangers based players now, and obviously they've moved, uh, moved full time this season as well. So there's players there that are, they're going to be going to be important, but as you're saying again, how many of that squad there is is still mostly young, but young in football terms there's, there's no many there and you've obviously put that graphic up the other day we saw the players coming through again there's there's not really much there in that level where we've said there's nothing really between under nineteen and the first team you've then got players like Jamie Lee and Amy Muir who have been good enough at that level have then come up and not quite got their chance the first team yet obviously I mean, Jamie Lee got her first goal in the WSL at the weekend and there but again that's having moved out to a struggle Birmingham side so when I mean, there's there's just that gap and it's trying to bridge that gap through that's that's going to be the problem. Games like this are the perfect chance to get them sort of embedded into that Scotland squad, give them the chance to take their chance, I keep saying that, to take the chance that they're given and then potentially they can come back once we're getting into our next qualifying campaign, whatever that may be. So the fact you're bringing in some players here who, as you say, uh, they're older some that are maybe not going to be in the squad often or are going to get any game time this time, it's, it does seem a bit pointless. So I would, I'd like to see some of these other players that are there, but the problem then is, do we have enough coming through? And that worry is, is certainly there for, for certainly me, and I'm sure it'll be the same for plenty of other folk that support the women's national side.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the other thing as well, is like the, the under-19s, which is, is the level below at the moment, aren't playing. Um, and it, it feels like, I, I mean, they could do what? They could be in amongst the uh, public or I miss. I don't think they will be because obviously, given the situation, but I, I agree with you, there's a, a little bit of a missed opportunity to get some experience behind players who maybe haven't had it. Um I, th- I thought you saw that quite well at the Cup. Obviously, Amy made our debut coming on for the last 10 minutes, one of the games. Um yeah, anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, positivity, and I mean Cyprus. If we, if we don't beat Cyprus, we maybe we'll chuck it. Um and uh, Portugal, I mean, Portugal. It was a disappointing result, but they are they are no mugs by any means. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I tell you what, Campbell, I think that's that's enough kind of low key stuff. Let's let's end let's end on something everybody enjoys, which is a bit of transfers. There's been some transfers in the SWPL. Um, we still don't know when football's coming back. But do you know what we like new players and it, it's got off it's got um very global all of a sudden. I mean it was getting global already Campbell but I mean we are going all over the world now.
1: Certainly are, aye. Um, it's, it's good to see these sort of players coming in and obviously you've seen Rangers taking some of the, the better Scottish players from an SWPL level from the likes of Glasgow City and it means teams like City and then Celtic as well having to, go, having to go global to get these players in and there's some big names in terms of levels and the length of their names that have come in so it's, it's definitely exciting to see how they've got on. Um, and even just looking at City, you're right, we've got South African, Finnish, Costa Rican, Irish there. Um and then you're gonna have Celtic accents with Welsh, um, American, Australian and Irish. I mean there's it's good to see these players coming across, but we've seen it before where players were then cut out with with lockdowns. So hopefully that doesn't happen again and we get to see some of these names playing in Scottish football and it'll be good to see them when there's when there's fans back as well, and hopefully that all comes to fruition and we, we get to see them showing off their talents at a SWPL level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we thought, why not Why not go through some of these players? I mean, there's been some movements out as well. And we, we've stuck to SWPL1 um, purely on the basis that we can fact-check these a little bit better. Um, SWPL2, we know stuff's happened, but we don't know what wants to get announced, what doesn't want to get announced. Um, so we've gone with what's been put out in social media by clubs as the best way of... Um, Keeping ourselves right, I think, is the thing for it, Campbell. So, we'll just kind of go down the league. So, the um, Rangers have only played one in, but I think it's probably uh, an important one for them. Uh, Chantel Swaby, Jamaican international, uh, played against Scotland uh, at that game at Hamden, where Scotland 3-2 before the World Cup. Rangers obviously lost Emmy Vance to uh, an injury that's keeping her out for the season. I think it will still keep her out for the season, no matter what what happens with the remaining games of it. Um and I think we both kind of felt that a centre-back was... And a Rangers squad that has been significantly boosted and obviously had that, that excellent performance against Glasgow City uh, before the, the break. That was that was the one area of the squad that they maybe needed reinforcements in and, and Chantel's a, a good quality rep, a player to bring in in that, in that respect.
1: Uh, it was definitely the one area Rangers needed and they, they targeted and have also brought in an international with plenty of experience. So it really is a good signing there, as you've said. The, the Demi Vance obviously going out. We were at that game against City where um, Callum Jorisoli was was playing at centre back, but she's a, a young player that was never really first choice at City and hasn't been first choice at Rangers. So it's leaving only two two fit centre back, one of them still being that age. It was it was sort of imperative that they got somebody in. And just saying, can't tell we saw at that game at Hampton and then saw Jamaica a few times during the World Cup. And yes, they were maybe losing their games, but it was a tough group they're in and Chanter as we're saying is a player that's got plenty of experience so it's, it's a good signing for Rangers and hopefully she'll fit into their side well and it'll, it'll make them tough to beat as we've, I mean, obviously they have been so far we've seen the likes of Kirsty Herbert come in to boost the firepower that they were lacking and um, with Demi Vance going out to replace her with someone with the international experience it's it really on paper it's a good signing for Rangers
0: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think Carly Jarris, hopefully, especially with Brianna Vestrop, I'm not going to go on a Brianna Vestrop who's very good at football rant, I promise. But I, I think with um, uh, Carly Jarris, there is an option as well. And Emma Brownlee, I know, can step in. Um, I think it is, is definitely saying that certainly I think reinforces that Rangers maybe have the, the best squad in the league. But if you look to second place, Glasgow City, they've, um, they've kind of done something that they, they, they needed to do. And I think a lot of people knew it was coming and they did their five synonyms of Christmas. That's how long it's been since we've done a pod. That, um, we're talking about five synonyms of Christmas in February. Um, they brought in Odi um a South African international uh, from Finnish side island United. we won the title there. Uh, Julian Moline. Are we going with Moline? We were discussing this one before the podcast and I don't think we actually decided. But um, we'll say Julian Moline.
1: <laughs> You're bosh, man. You can uh, do
0: Okay, uh, um, so, uh, anybody, uh, yeah, I am should stress there's a, a few names in here that if I say them wrong, come and tell me and I will correct it. I've got no issue with that at all. Um, Arna, Arsgrim's daughter, has come on alone from Thor in Iceland, an Icelandic international. Uh, Priscilla Shinshia is coming from Costa Rica, uh, 19. Uh, 18 goes for the national side. Uh, I, I think it, when she signed, I immediately went looking for Twitter videos like I always do when it, when these signs come out uh, just to kind of get a bit, bit of a feel about them. And being... Bit of a spangle, a bit of a, spanglo- a file in terms of uh, like, making you know, all things Spanish. Um, I have h- thoroughly enjoyed the-, the commentary videos of our international goals. Andy Farley, who played against Glasgow City for Piemont United at a Republic of Ireland international, 21 years old. It's um it's an interesting group, and obviously Kaylin Meeky, who we've talked about before in the podcast. Uh there's experience there, um, but there's also like some exciting young talent. It's a... It's, it's exciting as a fan. I think we we kinda of talked about this when we started talking conversation about transfers. It's exciting as a fan to see these players come in because you're looking at it and you go, I don't really know what to expect, but they all sound interesting. They they, they have like stories to them. Uh, and I mean like the the scoring record of the Sindh in particular is incredible. Um and it's an exciting crop of signs for City and it's thinking something that can certainly hopefully bring some new eyes to them.
1: Once we're allowed fans back in, obviously, but I am... Um... As a fan, as you're saying there, when you see these players coming across, folk maybe don't speak the language, it's, it's a different league for them. You always really w- will them on to do well. So there's always more eyes on them, which maybe makes it tougher for them. But as you're saying there, you look at sort of the pedigree of some of these players are bringing, bringing across with them. It's They look on paper, again, to be good signings for City. Obviously, me, Farley's in the Ireland squad. Uh, most of the time, as you're saying, she was one of the standard players. P Mount, when unlucky to lose to uh, City on penalties and came across. So, was one that I don't know whether City looked at prior to that game or not, but again, from what we've seen over, it, it looks like a good signing. And then just seeing again, Alexi, they were definitely to-do as well, international again. Just a little here, just a goal-scoring record for, for Costa is phenomenal. Maybe not the strongest level, but when you're putting the ball in it, that's always a good sign. So they're, they're definitely good signings there, for City from what we see or what we think, we, what we know of them uh, so far. So hopefully they sort of live up to that. And again, we're just... When players come in, we're hoping that all these sides do get strengthened and that it means that up the top end of the table, you've got that challenge constantly like we have done so far in the first half of the season, despite Rangers big going over City, we're still up there sort of very tight at the top of the table.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, uh, Janine Van Wyck, who was, was kind of had a bit of a false start in a City shirt so far. I think she's now kind of getting back to to a position where she'll be able to play games and that'll be another addition for them, certainly in the centre of defence. Um, Lauren Wade has gone out. Um, She kind of signed at the start of, of, not this year, start of 2020. Um, Probably most notable for the goal she scored against Wolfsburg in that Champions League defeat. Um, I I had the opportunity to speak to Lauren a couple of times, so I I wish her all the best wherever she's... Going off to the next, um, Celtic who are currently in third. Um, they have seen Summer Green, Anita Marcus, and Brenda all go out. Um, Summer Green is now at Sand in the Bundesliga, uh, and Anita Marcus is now in loan at Valencia. Um, they've kind of re they've replaced that though, and then I, I think they've made a couple of good signings. Um, Jacinta Galavanderacci, there we go. And if we practice that often enough, we get that right. Um, comes in, <laughs> <laughs> comes in from Napoli. Uh, she was a at West Ham and myself and Campbell were talking about it and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before the squad goal series with West Ham United women um, that's still on the BBC iPlayer she's actually one of the kind of features in it um, and it kind of gives a bit of background for us. so if you want to learn about it go, go have a wee watch at that um, Maria Lee comes in from O.L. Rain. Izzy Atkinson from Shelburne a 21-year-old winger and Anna Philby Welsh International on loan from Spurs as you said Campbell a bit of all the accents for, for Celtic but I mean in terms of the players going out for me I don't know about you, but as a, again, fan who likes watching good football, at this point, I don't think we got to see Summer Green play enough because I thought she, when she was playing, she looked like she would have been a really exciting player. I'm not surprised she's kind of gone to a good level in, in the, in the front Bundesliga.
1: Yeah, she did, she did impress actually, when, when the few times that we saw Celtic when she was playing as well. But I don't know whether it's been a case of sand of notice that come in and obviously it's Celtic when you're you've got a team coming in wanting to go to the Bundesliga, which or the flowing Bundesliga as it is in the women's game, it's one of these uh, the real top levels um in the in women's football. So far, if a team like Sandra coming in and saying look we're giving you that chance to play at this level, it would have been tough for Celtic to keep her. There's a disappointing she's left, yeah, but I don't think we can really blame her for, for moving on to, to that level there. Um and then obviously the two Spaniards as you've mentioned there Anna Marcos got, it's got a few Anita Marcos, sorry, got a few um has got a few a few more matches than, than Brenda did, to be fair, but again, it's just sort of wrong time coming for coming in. I think if it hadn't been for obviously the pandemic happening, we'd maybe have seen a bit more of a run in the team for them. And we a Spanish manager as well, it would have been useful. And it would have been helpful for them to, helpful for them, sorry, to settle in and hopefully useful to the Celtic team, but just wasn't to be. So the same there away. But like you see, some of the signings they've brought in, um Jacinta as well, obviously we saw at, um, at West Ham as you'd said having seen her through squad goals was one that when you're playing at West Ham again it was sort of in West Ham we're still trying to build up to become a, a real WSL side sorry they were she's obviously a good level enough but as I went to Napoli and hasn't really played too much there either and then come here so it's it's one that on paper I keep saying on paper I'm sorry right but it's one of these um, folk will look at the name and think right she stands out there but then you look just well travelled, but maybe not stuck at a team for too long, and that it could be a worry to Celtic. But hopefully she settles in here, and then can prove to be a useful player for them. Um, and a be as well coming at Tottenham. Tottenham are obviously playing a good level down south, and maybe not quite at the stage of being a first team regular. So coming up here to, to play with Celtic again should be a good move for her if and when um, we get football back. So it's, it's four decent signings, I think, there again. But it will be. It will be interesting to see how they settle in. And if they end up being here longer than the three players we've mentioned that have obviously just left, having played probably less than 10 games for the club.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Anita scored a, a goal on her debut for Valencia, if I remember rightly. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think for all these players, especially the players that are coming from further afield, it'll be interesting to see longevity. I know, for example, the City players, um, Priscilla Cinchilla, for example, signed on till... Cinchilla, sorry, is uh, signed on till 2023. Um, so, I mean, there's, these are players here with kind of projects behind them. we um, moving a little bit further down the league. Uh, Hibs, uh they brought in Emma Heichler uh, from uh, American College Football, but she's a, a Finn who scored a, a ton of goals. Haven't haven't got a lot on her, to be honest with you, having a, having a wee scout about her, a couple of wee clips, but not, nothing much. But I think goals is definitely something Hibs need, uh, Campbell. But uh, the other signing, I think, is a, a good one. Katie Rice, who for me's probably been Weatherwells. Definitely one of Motherwell's best players, maybe Motherwell's best player uh, so far this season. Um, getting a chance to make a little bit of a, a wee step up in terms of the table, um, given how you look at it just now.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Herbs are then obviously, as we're seeing, maybe they're not quite the same financial status as the like to sell teams like that who are going abroad. So they're then having to look um, to watch back here in Scotland. And I think Katie Rice is certainly one of those players at that level, that could make you step up, and I think for her, it's for her particularly, it's a great move, getting up to a Hibs team where she's likely to be guaranteed game time, and hopefully can improve herself at that higher level as well. Motherwell were obviously, in the same league, but they've been their main points have been coming against the sides sort of in the round of the table, so it's a good move for both, I think, and hopefully you get, get to see Katie sorry continue to show that form um, that she's shown at Motherwell at Hibs, It will be, be a big blow for Motherwell, I think. That's, that's a given, obviously, losing one of your best players there, as you say, but it's it's one that hopefully will work out for Hibbs And I mean, as I say, I'm not, not too much myself there, but we know how good the quality of uh, football is across in America, even at college level. So she's scoring goals plenty there, as we've seen uh, when she's signed. Hopefully she can bring that across here as well. And if she can start to produce goals for Hibbs. it will be important because, as we've said in the last few years, they never really replaced Abby Harrison. And then Jamie Lynn Napier, who, as we discussed the other day, is now at Birmingham we've still not really got a clue what position she actually plays in which kind of she kind of became a striker for Hibs and was scoring other goals so in fact even when she went away there's still been not too much I mean you look at Ailey Adams she scored um, the only day of the season but again still very young Carla Boyce has maybe not quite lived up her expectations yet so hopefully for Hibs they can start to get players that are putting the ball in the net and hopefully Emma can can be that and we can see Hibs climb back up to where they've been um, in the table in previous seasons
0: I'd, I mean with the, the Jamie Lee thing and I'm glad you mentioned it earlier on as well because it was it was great to see Jamie Lee getting a, a goal she's de- in terms of my time covering women's football she's definitely one of the, that crop of players that was like the next generation of Scottish talent um, so it was great to see her get her goal I, I think, I think it, she's definitely left-sided front end of the park now. I feel like it, the, the, the gap is getting smaller but yeah it's still quite hard figuring it out but I think you are right um, you, you're you very true to point out the the need for Hibs to find somebody to put the bomb back and then that goal make it. in college football can't can be a bad thing. I mean, they've obviously brought in players like Addy Hanley and Chelsea McEacher during that time as well, so they're it looks like they're certainly going for that kind of blended approach. But I'll be interesting to see when football comes back. Every caveat and every sentence we say at the moment, but uh, when football does come back, I'll be interested. Yeah, I'm really interested to see Kate Rice. I think she's, a, she's a, a really good football in that kind of middle of the park. And I expect, the game actually where Rangers, um, in a steamroller, mother she was. She was the one that kind of stood out as the, the one that could maybe, go up a level, So it was good to see that. Um, moving on to farfa for Farmington now. There hasn't been any kind of squad movements, but there has been a fairly significant change. Oh, oh, Campbell's going to see in the dugout, and I, I want to hate myself. But there has been a, a managerial change. Ryan McConville has um, stepped away, and Kevin McGreskin, uh, the assistant, has stepped up. Um, I mean Forfa had I think we were both in agreement Forfa had a, a good start this season they obviously got that point against Celtic which probably should have been a win they um, brought in some players um, it's a shame to kind of see that go but I think given given obviously the, the nature of the world at the moment something like this at, at any of the clubs was potential for any anybody's kind of come over to Scotland kind of buying, in in the new, buying into the new idea of the SWPL and then obviously because of the situation we're all in maybe having to having to
1: make compromises and and maybe it's not quite worked out as it should be. Yeah, I mean, we've been impressed with Forfa before before the season stopped again there. Um, And as much as it's not great, obviously you're saying Ryan's away, Kevin then stepping up has been at the club anyway and they can sort of still keep up um, the same style of play and the same players know Kevin, he knows them. And hopefully it won't change Forfa too much. It would be a shame if they were to disappear, not disappear, but to drop away slightly. Um, after all the good work that's been done um, with Fry and Kevin and the squad. They've certainly made a lot of good signings and they've not lost anyone. They may not have brought anyone in, but keeping the core of that squad together, I think, for for they should actually they should be fine. And as much as there's not been um, much news as we're seeing there on, on the signings front, I don't think it will have too much impact on them and continue to look forward to see how they get on um, whenever we're getting back to football again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Spartans, I couldn't see anything changing at Spartans um, that I, I could notice. Uh, but if I am wrong, please tell me. Uh, but I mean, Spartans are always a pretty consistent club at, at, at this kind of level. They don't do kind of see changes and they had a pretty strong end to that second half of the season. Uh, Motherwell, we've already talked about Katie Rice going out. Lisa Swanson's also gone out to, on loan to Komarnik. Um it's not, It feels like Lisa obviously made the step up by Hearts and then Motherwell. It feels like she maybe just didn't, get the run she was expecting at it and maybe move to Kilmarnock who in SWPL2 certainly needs somebody to put the ball in the back of the net will be a, a good fit for her. I know she enjoys her time at Kilmarnock as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kilmarnock, um just seems to be the right fit for Lisa, obviously, Kelly, they've not had anyone to put the ball in the net, quite frankly, and they've, they've needed, needed someone there and we've seen Lisa, obviously, whenever the season before last was, well, these bloody years are just... They're all just kind of mixed into one now. Um, when well, it was herself and Dion Brown at Hamilton, obviously were sort of the top two scorers in the league. So she knows where the ball, she knows where the net is. She knows sort of the staff at Kelly, She knows everything about the club. So if she can just fit back in, which she has done previously, it was certainly a good signing for them because, as we've said this every single week, the we command that they have lacked goals going forward. Usually they've been sorted at the back, but that kind of fell away as well for a while in the season there. So the fact that they need they were losing goals at one end and no scoring at the other. It, it was killing them. So I think at least it should be a good uh, good signing for them there. And as you said, at my level, was maybe not getting as much game time as you'd expect. I don't think it will impact them too much either.
0: Yep. Uh, and then Hearts uh, finally bringing in Holly Aitchison from spawns That kind of happened, I think, while we were still talking about football, but I've, I've included it anyway because, you know, why not? Um, I've also just received a message about another transfer, but I can't talk about it. So just keep your eye out on SWPL Twitter tomorrow um, um, and have a wee look for that one. Um, but I think for now, Campbell, that that wraps it all up. It's been nice to chat to you, and do you know what? I know there hasn't been any, and it's been a bit rubbish that there hasn't been any. It's been quite nice to just chat about women's football again. Um, I don't know about how you feel about that. all It's been
1: it's been so long. Um, from the first sort of announcement that it was stopping again. It's just kind of been rather kicking the teeth to everything. The fact everything has been so stop-start over the last but nearly a year now. So it's good to have something again to talk about, and hopefully we're not just rambling a lot of mince to folk. So hopefully people enjoy it as well, that would be, that'd be handy. But yeah, it's been good.
0: Yeah, please enjoy it. Yeah, let's do the let's do the five star rate and follow a subscribe thing. I haven't done that in a podcast for a while. I think I think that to, to, to bring this off. I think Campbell, me and you both spoke about like t- towards the end of last year, we had become a little bit jaded. Not not with women's football, not not even with colour football. Life. I think just with <laughs> life. I think is fair to say, <laughs> um, and uh, I think we both needed a little bit of a break um, just to kind of get a bit of recharge. We realign ourselves um which we've done I, I know i'm feeling um a bit more like a lot more enthused the last couple of weeks about the certainly it's current women's football again um and with that in mind uh, we are looking to try and do some kind of fan podcast with uh, supporters of swpl clubs so uh, i know i've got a in a celtic one lined up already so if you do support an swpl club and you're not involved with the club i think that's the key thing for me at the moment with these fan casts then please Drop us a message and um, we're more than happy to have you on to talk about your season so far and how you've been kind of coping with women's football during this time. Because I think it's important that we, me and Campbell, and the people we speak to when we go to games, we all kind of miss that. And I know there'll be people missing it as well. So we'll try and fill that void a little bit. But for now, Campbell, thank you very much for coming on, my friend.
1: Not a problem.
0: (laughs) Not a problem. Good stuff. And thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we will speak again soon and maybe we'll speak again with some football or maybe we'll speak again before that. But catch you later.